I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 128. Yes. Okay, we have we have a handful of things to talk about tonight. Yes. Which uh, isn't including the Avengers movie, because somebody the punk and didn't see it. Listen, I got news for you right now. Punk! If I had seen the Avengers movie, then I would tell you that we, we couldn't review it anyway. Why? Because of James. What? I don't know if James got to see it yet. We don't have to send him this one. We have to send him everyone. I think he can hear it just like everybody else. Oh, please. God. But no, I so haven't good. I haven't uh, seen it yet, so... Uh, I have to wait till next week. Are you going to see it next week? Oh, I'm definitely seeing it sometime this week. Oh, sure you are. So Beautiful um, lies. Which, um, <laughs> I guess as, as long as we're on the topic... I did get a hold of uh, Avengers vs. X-Men number two. Oh, finally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was okay. It, it wasn't... Uh, you know, like, the first one was really good because it set everything up, and, you know, it was, it was interesting and actually justified why things are happening. And this one, I mean, there's... <laughs> like, the fighting is starting... Um, which is okay, but, you know, it was kind of a quick read, because you're just, you know, you're, you're flying through as, like, the fights are starting and stuff like that. You know, I guess with a story like this, yeah, okay, you're get, you're going to get a lot of fighting. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the story's named after the fighting. Um, but if I'm going to, if I'm going to read a comic, you know, where it's just, like, basically just look... You're basically just looking at the art at that point, you know? And, you know, maybe, like, a couple of barbs that they're trading here and there. Mm. But, I mean, you know, it's... It, one or the other has to be really good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I didn't get that from this issue. Yeah. I mean, historically, Marvel tends to do really well with the first issue of their events. Like, remember... Oh, God. I think it was... Civil the War. Civil War, Secret Invasion, when, like, just the shit hit the fan immediately, like, that, like, I remember, like, I didn't read it when it came out, but I remember hearing, like, all these different podcasts talk about the first issue, and they were just blown away, and it was, like, turned their brains upside down, and, you know, obviously it petered out by the end, but, yeah. like, that first issue is where Marvel really knows how to bring their A-game. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I could definitely see that, um... It's, there's, you know, a lot of, like, and the other, okay, here's my biggest issue with that, with that book. Avengers vs. X-Men? Yeah. Okay. Uh, issue two, you got John Romita Jr. on art. Now, I've already gone on record as saying that I like John Romita Jr. art. Um, you know, I told you about the, uh, was it the Eternals that he did? Yes. Which was beautiful. And it was written, you know, really well. I think that was Neil Gaiman that was actually writing it. But uh, that was that was amazing. Like, if you're gonna, if you want to look at like some amazing stuff that he's done, you know, look no further. Eternals. Hmm. Um, this, like, I'm like looking at panels, and there were there were like a couple of panels. Actually, there were a number of panels where, like, <laughs> I mean, it was so amateurish. It was like you know, a lot of the characters. It would be like you know their faces would be like a squiggle with two dots. It's like he had to put like twelve characters on the page or in this panel, 
and he like could not be bothered to add any facial details whatsoever. So it's like, you know, you see this big giant orange blob, you know it's the thing because that's what the thing looks like, but it looks nothing like the actual thing. You, you know think what I'm saying? Do you think it could be a deadline issue? I think, well, it has to be. I mean, because if you're... I understand that he's probably under the gun because you got 12 issues that are coming out twice a month, and I think he's the only one drawing it. So uh, I don't... Uh, no, he's not. I think he's, he's drawing, like, the first four or something, I think. Oh, oh. Okay, well, that, that I don't know. Um, but he's drawn, well, he's drawn the first and the second issue. Um, so even if he doesn't keep it up until, you know, issue five or whatever, um, that's, that's still, like, he's got to basically have, if he has four months lead time so that he could be doing one issue a month, then... It's still a lot because you're doing Avengers versus X-Men. You're doing two giant teams fighting each other. So there's yeah. a lot of characters in there. Yeah. So, like, I get the fact that he's under time constraints, but, I mean, like, that, you know, there's still the very simple fact that <laughs> there's a, a whole bunch of characters in there that are just drawn, like, you know, like he, like he was, you know, doing convention sketches, you know, and he was, you know, banging them out really quick so that the anchor could ink them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish Marvel and DC just in general dealt with their lead time better. I mean, yeah. like, frankly, I'm I'm impressed with how DC's been going with the new 52 because, like, we're, what, eight months in, nine months in now, and yeah. they haven't had a single late book yet. And part of me is, like, going, like, come on, full year. <laughs> like, and like that, that shouldn't be so impressive, you know, it should, it shouldn't, like we really should be able to get quality and timeliness. Well, I mean, like that's what their job is. I mean, on top of, on top of the fact that there's no late books, the, the advanced lead time is also helping, you know, to create like these, these tiny crossovers, you know, like they cross over like one issue. Yeah. How I think Red Lantern and Stormwatch, Blue Beetle and New Guardians, uh, Ravagers and uh, the Teen Titans. Yeah, Ravagers with Teen Titans and Legion Lost. Um, okay. We have Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been like, there have been a bunch of the like uh, a bunch of the magic books, like all the little like the the family of, of books, the families of books have been crossing into each other like that and. They've been they've been doing it a lot, but they've been doing it small. So if you want to if you wanted to read the whole thing, there's two issues you have to read, and it's only one issue extra beyond what you were already reading. Mm-hmm. It's like I like that. Yeah. And like yeah. and with but like my th- my whole thing has always been like okay if you're gonna do like a big if you're gonna do a mini series that like that's one of those where like okay you. It starts when you want it to start, and it lasts as long as you want it to last. So, I mean, realistically, if Marvel wanted to, they could have had, like, the first... And I am I feel like I'm picking on AVX when it hasn't been late, but they could have the first entire half of AVX, like the main miniseries, 
completed before issue one ever went on sale. Just give the, like, you have the ability to give yourself as much lead time as you want. Mm -hmm. So do it. Yeah. Like, finish the damn thing and then start to solicit it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I like the every two weeks thing, because, you know, for something like this, the, you know, if you have a 12-issue series, <laughs> like, unless, if that's not coming out every two weeks, then it's going to be a year-long series, hmm. you know, whereas by the time that you finally get to the end of that, like, nowadays, by the time you get to the end of that series, nobody cares, you know, like, as it was with, with Artifacts, that, uh, the one from Top Cow? Yeah. Like, that one, that one started out, like, it, it actually looked really cool. I was really into it. They had some, they started slipping a little with, uh, you know, with late, late books and stuff like that. And then, like, they just, like, you know, started getting, like, really late. Yeah, and, like, I, I got the first trade, mm -hmm. which I still haven't read. But I was keeping up with like CGS and a couple other shows that were were uh, talking about it, and just the general consensus seems to be like, okay, it started strongly, it had a really surprising epic ending, but there was this chunk in the middle that was totally unnecessary. <laughs> it's it just like, hey, we we want to use more characters because we have more characters, so we're gonna have this whole side thing in the middle. So it's like. Like it, yeah. it made it too long and it made it take extra lateness to come out and it just hurt it in the long run. Yeah, well, you know, it's. It, it, I guess, oh, well, I would hope that at some point Marvel will realize, and, and DC, because, you know, they've, they've done it too, and other com comic companies will realize that, you know, Okay, if you have a 12-issue series, then yeah, you're going to sell a ton of comics. But, you know, you're almost guaranteeing that the quality is going to be dipping and the story's not going to be, you know, that, you know, fulfilling halfway through. You know, the, the, middle, the middle always tends to suffer. You know, yeah. The beginning is when you can kick things off. The end is when you, you, know, you sum it all <laughs> up and people get their payoff. And then the middle, a lot of people just, you know, refer to as filler. Yeah, I mean, the beginning is where you you hit people with the, all the shocking things, and then the end is where you give people their payoff, and the middle is where you just kind of push towards the ending, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's you would hope that they'd just be like, you know what, instead of giving you this 12-issue, this long, drawn-out, you know, mess where you're only going to actually enjoy like four issues it's like we're going to give you a four issue series and we're going to condense everything and it's going to be what you want to read so it's going to be like the greatest event that you've ever read yeah. it's like that would make me so happy <laughs> ne never happened <laughs> that would make me very happy yeah that'd be um, good so so yeah so no avengers this this week Mm. The one thing that I, I wanted to get, you know, to talk to you about, and uh, we, we have to talk about it quick because the deadline is looming. Now, I, uh, I've been going through eBay lately, and uh, I've been contemplating, like, you know, picking up, like, old art. Like, from, 
from names that, you know, mean something to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any art by Martin O'Dell, the oh, you know originator originator of uh, Green Lantern. Yes. Well, whenever anything does go on, it's usually pretty expensive because you know he's no longer with us. Plus, his stuff is from the '40s, and yeah. Well, I mean, he he's been doing cons. He was doing cons up until like the '90s. Oh, okay. I don't think I realized. Yeah. So, I mean, he does have stuff out there. It's just that people aren't getting rid of it. So, let me show you what I've been watching. And the auction closes in uh, less than 20 minutes. Oh. <laughs> it's 3.5 inches by 5.5 inches. So, about the size of, a, like, a, like, an index card. Huh. Would you say that that image... Uh, and now, for our listeners, it's it's Alan Scott. It's like a bust shot of Alan Scott. You have his head, uh, his mask, his cape, um, his red shirt, and then you have like the yellow logo on his chest. And it cuts off just below the logo where he signed it, Martin O'Dell. It's in like a wood frame, apparently. Yeah, the wood frame's kind of weird, but it also comes with a certificate of authenticity. Um, <laughs> his weakness is wood, so it's like he's trapped in a box. <laughs> Yeah, they actually, they sold one of these last week, and it also had the wooden frame. Um, and that one was like a side view. Uh, and I think that that had more of his body in it, but it didn't have his logo on the chest. Hmm. Now, what do you think? I mean, is this worth $50 plus $10 <laughs> shipping and handling? Um, I mean, I suppose in context, mm-hmm. probably, because like you said, his stuff's out there, but people aren't going to be getting rid of it. Yeah. And it's like 50 bucks for a Martin O'Dell piece is probably really good. Yeah. But, but considering this, like this is basically actual sized and, yeah. and it's, I don't know, just, I mean, I don't have anything against the guy's work, but like this particular piece, I just don't really like the look of. So like, I wouldn't go for it, but that's me. I think that's that's basically where I'm hesitating also. Uh, This particular piece, and the last one too, like, if I'm going to get a piece, then I think I want to get it where it has his logo, you know, on on his chest. Yeah. I mean, preferably, (laughs) showing his green ring would be nice. (laughs) I mean, the question you have to ask yourself over the next 18 minutes and 31 seconds is, do you think you'll find a better, bigger piece for this price or close to it well i think i'm you know there's no way i'm finding anything bigger you know close to this price like i've seen some things some you know like um like a full page drawing of uh, alan scott or alan scott like fighting a a character or something like that um and they'll those will go anywhere from like a hundred to three hundred dollars um so i mean you know, comparatively, it's inexpensive, but uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't love the image, and mm-hmm. I mean, to spend sixty dollars on a piece of art that you don't love, I kind of mm-hmm. kind of goes against what what I believe in. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, it'd be great to say like, oh, the the creator of Green Lantern, like the creator of Green Lantern, like, yeah. 
but at the same time, if you don't like how the image looks, then what's what's really the point of having yeah. an image? You know, I I know he, uh, he. There was a time where, and this was actually like offered in previews. He was doing a few covers of Zero Hour Number Zero. You know, the full white cover. Yeah. And he would sketch the you know Green Lantern's power battery on it. Huh. Nice. Um, and that that was that's really cool looking, but uh, I haven't really seen too many of those lately. Yeah. So. You know, it's weird. Like what? I, something I was I started thinking about relatively recently is how like because I went through like a year or two where I was big into like collecting commissions of different Green Lanterns. You know, like and like picking which lantern it is based on the style of the particular artist, that kind of thing. Right. And that kind of fell out of it. But recently I started thinking to myself, you know what? I would love to get like, like, like say like a, a bust or something like penciled and inked from like, like the artist that to me defines a particular character. Like I like a, like a John Stewart by Cully Hamner or a Daryl Banks Kyle Rayner in like his his uh classic suit. Like a or, Joe Staten guy, uh, guy Gardner. Uh no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I and nothing against Joe Staten, but like for me, like um, Patrick Gleason's Guy Gardner is my Guy Gardner. Oh yeah, yeah. And like I, for Hal Jordan, like I like Hal Jordan, I wave, I like. I waffle back and forth between um, Darwin Cook having him in like a, a jump, like a flight suit holding the battery, kind of like out of a New Frontier, or um, M.D. Bright, who was doing the, a lot of the Green Lantern 90s stuff. The one artist, the one character I can't pin down is Alan Scott. Because, like, I can't, like, I don't have that one artist who I immediately think of Alan Scott with, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know artists who have done a lot of work with the character, but none that jump out as, like, my Alan Scott artist, you know, like. Yeah, I, um, who was doing the art when, uh, Winnick was writing? When, um, I know Daryl Banks, I think. Was it Ed Bennis? No, no, definitely wasn't Ed Bennis. No, he was never on Green Lantern. Is he the guy? Wait, on, is he the guy? That... He does Red Lanterns now. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, no, that's... Who's the guy I'm thinking of? He did JSA for a long time. He makes everybody really... Buff? Buff, and oh. he did Fantastic Four. Dale Eaglesham. Yeah. He did it, um... I... I wouldn't pick him either. <laughs> 40, yeah, like from like 40 to 50 or so. He did it right around the Ion storyline. Yeah. But before that, um, God, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. Wow, that, yeah, that's difficult. That is definitely difficult. You could, uh, you could get it done by Erwin Hassan. Yeah. He did the covers for uh, a lot of the covers for like the old like the actual, you know, original Green Lantern series. Hmm. And he's still around in his 90s going to conventions. 
Jeez. I, I, Could you imagine still going to conventions when you're that age? Yeah, he's cool. He's pretty cool. I've I've met him a couple of times. I have a an Alan Scott done by him. Um, I have no idea where it is, and hmm. if I you know if I get to a convention that he's at again, like I'm definitely getting another Alan Scott from him. Um, but he did a lot of uh, he did a lot of interior work on All Star. Or is it All Star? Was that the one where it was like the the JSA? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was All Star Comics. He did a lot of interiors on that, so he did you know Green Lantern, Alan Scott in that, and then he also did a bunch of the Alan Scott covers. Um, he he also did a comic strip uh, called Dondi, which ran I think in like the 50s and 60s, or it may have been a little bit later, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Yeah, that that's that's a little a little trickier with Alan Scott because well he's he's been in the um, like they've been using him like yeah fairly consistently. Who did but, yeah, who did the James Robinson JSA? Uh, Mark Bagley. Mark Bagley. Really? The yeah that was that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was all Mark Bagley. Hmm. You were just too drunk while you were reading. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, that's no, that no, 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 that's the James Robinson JLA. Oh, oh, okay. You know what? Because he drew the JSA issues of that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm talking about the JSA that James Robinson did back in like the early 2000s. Comic book DVD doesn't seem to be working for me right now. Yeah, it's down. That's <laughs> you horrible. crashed it. You crashed it. This is the worst show ever. Oh. How can we do an episode of the Lantern Cast without Comic Book DB being up? I typed Google JSA 200s and got pictures of boats. Okay. I cannot remember, and I like I can picture it. When they introduced uh, Jamal, uh, Jakeem Thunder. Jakeem Thunder. Uh, Steven Sadowski. Yeah, I think Sadowski. Okay. Yeah, he might be good. Oh, wait, I didn't, <laughs> uh, no. Also, uh, Keith Sham, Champagne and Don Kramer. Okay, so there were apparently a bunch of artists and. We have no idea who's who. Yeah, so if you have a Alan Scott artist that, you know, you think Alan Scott, you think this person's depiction of him, let us know. Write in, call in, whatever, because we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Jim, you have six minutes, 42 seconds. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I think uh, Don Kramer is the one that did a lot of the issues that I was reading of JSA. Mm. Yeah, he did a really fantastic Alan Scott. Oh, and I'm going to pass. You are? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I've already decided. There you go. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't love the art, so... I'm going to wait for a piece that I do love. Yeah. I'd really like to get a Gil Kane Hal Jordan, but, like, that, <laughs> that never appears. 
Is Gil like is Gil Kane still alive? No. no. Not even close. Is Don Kramer the guy that did the Wonder Woman redesign? Which redesign? The one with pants. I don't know. Was he the artist on Wonder Woman at the time? Because I know the way they did it was it was it was uh whoever the series artist was plus Cully Hamner plus Jim Lee all kind of meshing together to come up with this, the design. Okay. Yeah, honestly, I think uh, if I'm going to pick you know you know who who honestly I think uh you know is the most Alan Scott for my money. Who? Um, the, um, now I, I can't think of it at all. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the, uh, the Green Lantern Quarterly. Green Lantern Corps Quarterly book? Yeah. Um. Because he had a bunch yeah. of stories in there. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. We should definitely change the topic to something slightly more interesting. Yes. What else you got? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> um, I guess we could talk about Wild Pig. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now this was this was your first ever Wild Pig, right? Yes, it was. Yes. And you know after. After weeks of unnecessary caginess, you did bring Lauren with you. Yes, yes, I did. You both, you both accosted me from behind. Yeah, you did. did like <laughs> you served, you served as a distraction while she came up behind me and just grabbed me. Yeah. It was terrible. You were in the middle of talking to Jamie D and Shauna. Yeah, and uh, like I, I just casually like you know walked up right next to you. Didn't, didn't look at you at all, just like, you know, like I'm, you know, completely entranced with what Jamie was saying. And then all of a sudden you'd like just happen to glance over and it's like, hey! <laughs> and Lauren snuck up from behind. Yes, yes, this li- some small person just grabbed me. I'm like, whose child is this? Oh, it's Lauren. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm kidding. She's just shorter than I remember. <laughs> well, the baby will do that. No, it won't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, I guess, well, what, okay, one of the really cool things about Wild Pig was that Joe Staten was there. So, like, I, I got a few comics signed by him. I got, uh, Guy Gardner number one, I got New Guardians number one, which, the, uh, the old New Guardians, with, uh, that spun out of, uh, Millennium. I got um, the my oh, my favorite cover, one of my oh, one of my favorite covers of uh, Green Lantern back in the day from the second volume. Um, it's Guy Gardner, but he's completely in silhouette and he's like charging up from you know he's holding his uh, his lantern. Um, and he's like, finally I'm back. Um, it's such a cool cover. It's just you know if you're a kid and you see that cover on the the uh, you know on the newsstands. It's like, wait, who's back? You have no idea because it's completely in shadow. It's it's a very cool, you know, it, it's a cool cover. It's a very cool cover. So he, he signed that and uh, issue 150 of the second series of Green Lantern 
Um, it's just uh, that that one's a personal favorite of mine. But yeah, he was really nice. Um, I was I was gonna get a sketch, but I didn't have a lot of time, and he was working on something for somebody else. So I figured, ah, maybe next time. What was he charging for sketches? Do you know? He was doing. Uh, I think he was doing like sixty dollars for a like a bust and eighty dollars for a full figure um, mm. for superheroes. But he was doing like you know like larger sizes. Like I really don't have much interest in getting like the larger sizes too much anymore. Um, I usually go for sketch cards or you know like the size of a sketch card, you know, or something smaller. So. I wasn't really sure what he would be charging for that, but um, hey, I'm, I'm sure I'll see him on a, another a future convention. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that was definitely a highlight. Um, you know, getting to see you and of course Jamie Dunst. Um, yes. That was awesome. Yeah, me, me and Lauren, and partially you. We're talking to Jamie for a while. Yeah, I was kind of fading in and out of, like, three conversations at the same time. Yeah, it's awesome because Jamie is, uh, he's currently, he's working on raising a little geek of his own. Yeah. (laughs) A female. (laughs) And, uh... She's just shy of one years old, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's starting to plan the, uh, the one-year birthday. Um, so, yeah, so we were getting tips and stuff like that from him. Um, so that was really cool, and yeah, we you know we got to hang out with you, you and you know Rob and Jacob and wait, Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew that was wrong as soon as I said it. Sorry, Jeremy. Um, nah, he doesn't listen. <laughs> and that was who was who was the other person I had never met before? Ah, uh, that's Sandra. That's Jeremy's girlfriend. Okay, Sandra. Um, so that was cool. We you know we all, all had lunch. Um, you gave me a birthday gift <laughs> from from like two birthdays ago. I completely, you know, I would have completely forgotten about it if, unless you had like you know constantly reminded me. Yes. So, which because at that at that point I already had it, so I wasn't going to not follow through with it. <laughs> which, by the way, you know what I was surprised that you didn't bring. What? All those, like, comics that, like, I was going to buy off you from the old forum thread. Yeah, yeah, funny thing. I did. I left them in the car, and when you left early, I forgot about them completely. So they're back in my room again. <laughs> uh, we'll have to save that for the next convention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so you, you hand me this enormous package. Um Fairly flat, but very, very large. So I'm just kind of like wondering. So I, I, I look at the package, and I'm like, what is this? What could he have possibly gotten me, you know, for birthday from two birthdays ago? And as I'm like, you know, opening it up, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, well, maybe it's like uh, like a print or, you know, like a poster or something like that. I should have given you a big IOU. That would have been good for comedic effect. Yeah. But, uh, no, it, it wasn't a print, it wasn't a poster. I reach in, and I forget what page it is, but it's from issue 29 of Green Lantern, from Secret Origin. It is the original art from the page where 
they first show John Stewart in in uh, the Marines, and they show that indigo lantern symbol on his sleeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pulled that. Out. It, that that was just like I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and and Jamie's like, oh, what is it? What is it? It's like and uh, I, I'm like. I, I was speechless. It was like it's it's crazy. Which thank you. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Yeah, cause I was looking around because like I found the website that had like I forget what initially got me looking for it. Well, not for that page specifically, but original art in general. But I found like online the website for like the for uh, Evan Hayes's art dealer. And, like, a bunch of people's. But, like, this kind of hub site for different art dealers. And I was going through, and, like, like almost every page is, like, hundreds of dollars. I'm like, oh, nope, nope, that would be cool, but nope, nope, nope. And then you get to, like, the pages that don't have costumes in them. And, like, the price drops dramatically. And then I'm like, oh, let's, let's look through these just for the hell of it. And I find that page, and I'm like, this page got him... It's like he the talking about indigo theories for like two years without shutting up. <laughs> this is perfect, and it's not that expensive. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm looking at the page, and like as I'm pulling it out, like I, I, I pulled it out, and it was backwards, so I couldn't actually see all the art like at first, and. As I'm, like, turning it over, like, you know, you can kind of see through, and I see, like, you know, the big, like, you know, party crowd. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I know that this is a, an original art page. I'm like, what page is this? And then I'm, like, looking, and I spot, you know, I spot John Stewart. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is from Secret Origin. And then I think it was, you pointed out that it was, you know, what it, what it was. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. My favorite part is how you then went to try and find a copy of the issue. Yeah, it was the one issue of Green Lantern they didn't have at the con. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that was that was perfect. Yeah, uh, they had every issue of Secret Origin except for issue twenty nine. <laughs> so I'll have to pay full price for that one. Um, and then it was also funny because uh, uh, my my mom was saying how it worked today. Um, one of the like the librarian was like organizing books near her desk and as she's uh organizing you know she, my mom sees like a green lantern you know graphic novel and i'm like you know oh i'm like that was probably you know secret origins she's like that's what it was secret origins green lantern <laughs> i'm like i have a piece of art from that <laughs> uh, yeah that was awesome so, um, oh, and then I guess the other highlight was, uh, from Andrew Charapar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll post that, uh, I'll post that art online, you know, at some point, which knowing the rate that I post art online, it's going to be a while. Just tell it, tell everybody what it is. Yeah, I got Lauren, uh, done up in, uh, Charapar style as a white lantern with, uh, her baby bump. <laughs> because she, you know, she's giving birth. She's creating life. She's not actively giving birth right now. Yeah, no, no, that would be, that would be bad that I would be recording during that. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> but yeah, she, she loved it. I love it. I think it came out fantastic. Um, it was really cool because when, uh, when Andrew had like, po- you know, he opened up his thread for, uh, you know, starting to take commissions for wild pig, super wild pig. He was saying that he was only going to be doing black and white cause he didn't have a good color selection. So <laughs> I, I emailed him. I'm like, look, I'm like, I'd like to get a commission. I'm like, but it's got to have some color. I'm like, so, you know, I'll pay extra, you know, and if you need certain colors, you know, let me know. And uh, he had the colors necessary, but uh, he's like, nah, don't worry about it. He's like, you know, for you, I'll, t- I'll, uh, I'll take care of it. So uh, got a fantastic, it's so cool looking. I mean, it came out amazing. He did, he did the splatter effect, you know, on the background to make it look like the space space background right. also. Yeah, like the star field. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, like, I was looking at that, and I'm not entirely sure how he does it, but it's almost like he, like, he must trace the image, you know, and then, like, you know, put that over it so that it doesn't get on or something. Yeah, possible. I mean, it's just, it's white ink, basically, so yeah. you just color over it. No, he, but he does it afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, he, he was saying, he's like, yeah, he's like, I was actually adding the white splatter, you know, I, like, just before I had to go. Hmm. So, or he was, like, waiting for it to dry just before he was, you know, leaving. So. Interesting. I'll have to take a look at some of his his spacey stuff with that in mind. Yeah. So I, I know different ways people have done it, but I don't know. Well, I'll take a look at the placement. Yeah, no, he, he definitely does it afterwards, but yeah, it, it came out fantastic. So those were definitely the highlights from Super Wild Pig for me. Yes. Also, was not discount the fantastic Floridian Hotel that it was taking place in. The hotel was gorgeous. Jeez, I wish I lived there. Lauren, you know, like, we we stayed at a, a nice hotel, which, like, that was, you know, that was part of the conditions of getting her to go. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't go home in the same day? No, no, yeah, we, uh, you know, we wanted to, like, kind of, you know, get away for the weekend kind of thing. Okay, I thought you guys were just, like, heading straight home. No, no, um... No, she, you know, she kind of needed some some time to relax, you know, from our current living situation. Yeah. So, uh, like, we were staying at the the Hilton East Brunswick uh, over by Rutgers, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, it was a gorgeous hotel too. Like, we, you know, we really we lucked out on that one. Um, we used Priceline. Would never use anything other than Priceline for a hotel, mm-hmm. but uh, got an amazing deal. But the hotel that the convention was at was gorgeous. You know, like if we if we def, if we had the you know the money to kick around, then that was a really really nice looking hotel. Yeah. <sighs> so, any uh, highlights for you? I'll say my piece after you're done. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Those are the highlights. Um, I guess some of the, the the other cool parts were uh, I got to meet Bill Ellis from uh, he does the webcomic All New Issues. Oh yeah, and you got your uh, your copy right? Yeah, from the the Kickstarter, uh, and he did the little sketch inside. 
Um, yeah, he's he's really cool. Uh, he was really nice. Um, I, I love the comic. The comic's fantastic. If you haven't checked out, you know, it's um, allnewissuescomic.com, I believe. Um, really, really good webcomic. Like, honestly, like, I sat down and, like, over the course of two days, like, I read, like, the first hundred back issues, you know, like, first uh, comics. Wow. Yeah. They go quick, but it's it's really, it's it's compelling. It's funny, and it's compelling. Um, and the only reason I stopped was because I wanted to have something to read in the book. So, um, yeah, so I got that, and then I also got him to do um, one of the Supergirls on my Supergirl sketch card thing. Okay, cool. Then uh, I picked up all uh, six issues of Dutchie Digest. I, you know, the the comic geek speak guys, you know, uh, they mention them every once in a while. So I'm like, you know what, I want I want to check it out. And then I found out that they're like a dollar a piece. So <laughs> it's basically like uh, it's a tiny piece of mocha that I didn't get by not going to mocha. Yeah. So I look forward to read those. And oh, did you have any of their? Uh... Their shoe fly pie or whatever it was. No, no, I didn't. But they they had the they had the. I don't know if they had shoe fly pie, but they definitely had whoopie pie, and I think they had apple pie. Like they had, I'm not sure. They had um one that looked like pie and one that was like circular. That was the the, the circular was the whoopie pie, uh, which is like chocolate cake sandwiched, you know, sandwiching in like cream in the center. It's like a cake version of an Oreo cookie. Interesting. Um, I, I've had those before. I mean, it's all good. It's I just didn't want to eat at the convention like that. Um, hey, I was walking around the convention eating chicken wings at one point. So I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> that's true. Well, you know what it was? Like, I figured I was already a sale because I wanted to buy the issues. So I figured I'd leave it there so that they could attract somebody else to buy the issues. Huh. <laughs> Hopefully that worked out for them. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, I also got um, uh, it's a comic that they sell on Indie Planet called The Neverminds. I've heard the name. Um, I forget who writes it, but and the the craziest part was that like I was literally on Indie Planet like the night before I went to Wild Pig. I don't even remember why. Like, I was looking at something, and, you know, I just started, like, searching through uh, Indie Planet. And of everything that I saw on Indie Planet, like, the Neverminds was the one thing that stuck out of my mind because the art was amazing. Like, it was gorgeous. Like, like the fact that it's on Indie Planet and not, like, in a comic book store is ridiculous because the art is, like, ten times better than most of the indie art you know, that you'll find in any comic. Hmm. Um, and then sitting right next to the uh, the writer, which I, I, you know, ended up getting the, you know, they only had two issues, so I bought both issues. Got them signed by the writer and then the artist, Jamie Face, sitting right next to him. So I'm looking at the art that Jamie Faye has, and he has his portfolio open to, uh, he had this Marvel Girl redesign with the new Marvel Girl costume. And then right next to that, he had his take on the new Power Girl costume. And let me tell you, in fact, I could probably bring this up. 
Um, his version of the Power Girl costume, like his take on it, is so much better than what DC... Like, it's the same basic costume, but he did the the hair differently, mm. and it, it changes everything dramatically. It looks... It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Have you seen how they changed it since that initial cover image? No. Let me find that, too. Um, but this is this is the image that that he had, like, as a giant uh, print. Which, I wanted to buy it, but I don't, you know, I don't buy prints like that. So I asked him, you know, if he had any, you know, smaller sizes, which he says, you know, contact me on my DeviantArt site. And uh, he gave me his card, and he's like, and I'll, you know, I'll print it whatever size you want. Okay, yeah, see, alright. This, alright, just for comparison's sake. This right here is the initial cover image they gave. Yeah, horrible. That was awful. This is the actual cover that went to press. Yeah, it's better, but the hair is still bad. The, the, the hair is much better. Um... Yeah, his redesign is is done off of the new cover. Yeah, well, I don't think his is a redesign at all. Well, no, I, his his uh his the, the drawing that he did um is well, he did actually redesign a couple of things. Like he changed the uh, the collar a little bit. Um, slightly, I guess. Slightly. Um, but yeah, mostly it's the hair that he changed. And the hair looks so much better. Like, the hair is like a modern hairdo. Yeah, well, I mean, the, there's still the fact that, like, in his image, she's standing still, and in the cover image, she's flying forward, so the hair is moving in one, but not in the other. Like, the length might be a little different, but it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's still... It, it's still... And, and he actually said, um, when he was going to draw this, he says, he's like, it's almost like, you know, they are still doing things like, you know, kind of like uh, the way of the 80s. Like, the hairstyles are dated. Mm. You know, he says, he's like, you know, you have George Perez, who, and Kevin McGuire, he's like, I love their art. He's like, you know, don't get me wrong, they're amazing artists. He's like, it's just that sometimes when they do hair, their styles are, are dated. Um, and that was the thing that I hated the most about, you know, the that redesign like that first cover image that's awful that is just absolutely awful um but in any case so yeah so i was looking through his uh his art and it's fantastic so i i figure he's he's probably bound for uh awesome things oh wow he just uh, colored in the mystique hmm. uh or he had somebody color it yeah that came out fantastic too um <laughs> so i got him to you know do a sketch on my uh my jam piece also. Yeah, that's uh, that's all the good. Uh huh. I'm gonna let you go first for the rest. You can do your highlights and everything. Oh, uh, you want me to go first in the middle? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. The first hour or so were pretty nice. You know, I'm I made my way around like 
a quarter of the room just talking to people, which, you know, I like, like, you know, you and Lauren meeting JD74, like you said, in person for the first time, and uh, catching up with some of CGS, you know, I was, uh, like I already said, I was bouncing in and out of, like, five conversations at once, and I actually felt kind of bad that I didn't give JD or James more attention, but, you know, I was, I was just swept up in it, you know, and I, I felt like, you know, well, we're, we're here for who knows how many hours, it's fine, I'll catch up with him again. <laughs> Which, actually, I didn't see him again after that, like, kind of lost track, and I don't know what time he left. And by that point, you had already left and texted me, oh, by the way, say bye to James for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> we might as well say it now, bye, James. Bye, James. Bye, bye. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we kind of had to bolt pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, after that point, I, I was disappointed yeah and i know exactly why and you probably know why too and it basically comes down to at least for me that this wasn't super show oh no and i know it's kind of crappy to judge a con based on what show it isn't (laughs) but at the same time i feel justified in it because they went out of their way to make the comparison themselves yeah yeah you know they they took what were going to be Super Show's dates. Uh, they changed their name from the Wild Pig Show, or from Wild Pig to the Super Wild Pig Show. And CGS kept calling it this year's Super Show in Air Bunnies. And I'm sorry, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, the, the tone of this show, okay, was the complete opposite of Super Show. You know, with Super Show, it was always about community first. And yes, there was business going on too. And I, <laughs> a really cool thing is that there are artists that are artists and creators in general that have gone on record saying that they made more at Super Show one year than any other con of that year. And that's great. But at the same time, that was still basically the background noise while the community experience was in the forefront. Yeah. And while Pig is a sale, yeah. like I don't care how they want to brand it. Wild Pig is just as much a sale today as it was back when it was in a comic book store. It's about selling stuff, and you get a little community sprinkled on top. And and let's not care. It is about branding. Let's not kid ourselves about this. Like they were hoping that this would get some of the people who were going to go to Super Show, but probably going to skip Wild Pig, to now go to Wild Pig. And for what's worth, I hope it worked. There's nothing wrong with Wild Pig itself. I've meant every single word I've ever said on this show about Wild Pig, and I honestly hope they find as much success as they can. But don't tell me you're something you're not. You know, I tried not to let myself think about it, but but you know how much I love Super Show, and I got really... It, it, it just became really hard to keep out of my mind the thought... That, you know, I should be there right now. I should be in Reading. I sh- this should be Super Show Weekend. Yeah. But, you know, between, and, you know, not for nothing, but be- between all the changes CGS went through and what all happened with the forums and now no Super Show, I just, I felt just super disconnected from the community and I really hate that. And then I go, I go to a show that claims to be like Super Show when it blatantly isn't and I was just disappointed in the whole thing. I think I well, my views are are slightly different, although 
I guess it, it might be like just different views of the same idea. Which mm. here here's my my biggest issue with the whole thing. They had it on free comic book day. Now back we, we talked to Sean Pryor months ago and and he he actually mentioned something about that also. Um you know, that he wanted to, you know, be able to do things at uh you know, his local comic shop. Um and it didn't really it didn't connect. I, I didn't uh I didn't fully grasp like the the ramifications of having Super Show on Free Comic Book Day at that time. But afterwards and you know, Wild Pig they had they had a, like most of the free comics from Free Comic Book Day. They really had like a, a, a large selection. Oh yeah. Like I got there, which I got there a half hour after it opened, and there were absolutely none of the Archaea hardcovers. Um, which you know, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense that that would be the first thing to go, but yeah. that I was I was disappointed. But by the same token, they did have most of the free comics. But honestly, Free Comic Book Day is not really about the free comics. Free Comic Book Day is all your local stores, like, you know, all the good ones anyway, like, putting their best foot forward. Most of them are having sales. Most of them are trying to get, you know, something special going on in the comic book store to, you know, if anybody's heard of Free Comic Book Day or seen the signs, then they're going to come in and then they're going to be like, oh, and there's also an artist here doing sketches. And also they're having a big sale on their toys and their kids' comics and these comics and blah, blah, blah. So Free Comic Book Day is – it's not so much about going and you know, making sure you get the, the latest DC Free Comic Book Day thing that promotes their next year event. But it's about going to your comic book store and seeing the local community and you know, in action and – you know, getting to experience that and, you know, the sales that are going on to take advantage of those sales. Um, it's just you see your comic book store with its best foot forward. And because Wild Pig was on that weekend, you know, like we're coming from New York. We're coming from Long Island. It's it's an hour and a half drive with no traffic. So – and. As, as it just turned out that there was like uh, there was rain almost the entire way there, so it ended up taking us closer to two hours, which is why we were a half hour late. But you know because of that, you know like we weren't going to get, be able to see any of the comic book stores on Long Island. You know like granted there's a ton of crappy ones by me, but there are those really nice ones. And on Free Comic Book Day, I drive to the really nice ones and see what they're you know what they're doing. And they're always having sales. And like two years ago, like the really my favorite comic book store in the area, they had uh, Zack Snyder's son and Zack Snyder. Uh, was it? Am I saying? Wait, is it Zack Snyder? No, D. Snyder. Yeah, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. His oh, yeah. his son was there, and and he stopped in. So that was that was neat, you know. And they had like a huge sale, and they gave away a bunch of comics for free. It was it was a great. You know, great thing to to be a part of, and 
since Wild Pig was on Free Comic Book Day, you miss all of that. And if it had been Super Show on 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 Free Comic Book Day, then I I could I could understand it. I could justify it. I could easily justify it. I would go to a Super Show on Free Comic Book Day. You know that that would beat anything else on Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, the Wild Pig yeah. is not Super Show. Yeah, I mean I've never had the Free Comic Book Day experience. And I always think it's kind of weird when I hear people talk about how, like, what a big deal it apparently is. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, like, I mean, until I found DCBS, I never even got any free comic book day books before. So I guess I'm kind of, like, waiting for something for, like, that one year to come along where where something shows me, oh, okay, this is why people love this. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so then, yeah, so then... You're trading that for for Wild Pig, which, like you said, it's not Super Show. Um, and I think one of the biggest parts of that is that since it is a sale, it is you know them selling the comics. Uh, Chris and Danny, they're they were like just constantly ringing up orders. So you have the two people that are you know putting this convention on, just constantly behind a register, whereas with you know, with Super Show, okay, yeah, the, the the CGS guys are running the show, but, you know, at some point, you know, you've got, like, a comic geek, like, walking the floor almost every at almost every time. You know, like, you know, touching base with people, um, maintaining, you know, maintaining the sense of community on the floor. It's like, it's like a completely cohesive unit. Yeah, and I mean, in past years, the Super Show, the only times when I didn't get to talk to to one of them was because every time I saw them, they were already talking to somebody else. Right, you know? right. So, you know, um, so yeah, so like that, that I think didn't help, that the people running it were not, you know, and justifiably so, because it is the Wild Pig Show, you know, they're there to sell comics, yeah. You know, they they basically said, okay, well, we're we're, we're going to try and sell our comics anyway. Now we might as well try and make this a little bigger, and we'll rebrand so that you know maybe we'll sell some more comics, you know, which would be great. But also we'll give you that sense of community, or we'll attempt to give you that sense of community. Um, and I, you know, the other big thing is that because it was Free Comic Book Day on Saturday, a lot of people held off. You know, and only went on Sunday. Um, you know, so you're you're splitting you're, you're splitting the community in half then. Yeah, I mean, and like we're we're being critical of it, but like when Wild Pig just does its own thing and doesn't try to incorporate Super Show or Free Comic Book Day and just bees itself, it's a good show. You know, I like you know this was. I have brought at least four people to different Wild Pigs. Each one of them, it was their first Comic Con ever, and they all had a great time. Right. It's like it's it is a good show. It's it's a great entry level show. It's a great shopping show. It it's it just it just needs to be itself and not muck around with like gimmicks and expectations. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing was like the the comics, the I guess the the, the back issues. Um, I guess everything underneath the tables was not organized. Yeah, and like there's there um there usually is like a table or so of stuff that they didn't get a chance to alphabetize. Yeah. But I know um as recently as the week leading up to the show, they acquired one more collection. <laughs> so I that might have been what most of that was. Yeah, but well on CGS they said that they acquired like a thousand comic collection. That's only like three or four long boxes. Oh, that's true. I, you know, I like it because it, it, when they said it, it's like, wow, a thousand comics. You know, that's a lot. But then I'm like, wait, let me do the math. That's, uh, you know, that's four long boxes at the most. Um, so there were a lot of comics that were out of order. Um, and, you know, like I, I went straight to the Green Lantern section. And granted, I didn't go as soon as I get th- got there, and like I did get there a little late, so maybe all the amazing stuff got picked out right away. But I mean, it was okay. It was probably not, you know, not anything tremendously better than I've seen at other conventions. Yeah. So. But, uh, I mean, it was, like, like I said, the, the reasons that I, you know, like, the highlights from, from the show for me justified going. Um, you know, because I did want to see, you know, you and I got, you know, getting to see Jamie was fantastic. And getting the Andrew Charapar art was really cool. And getting to meet Joe Statton was really neat because he's actually, he's drawn the most Green Lantern comics ever. Have you counted? Yeah. Yeah, you're lying. He's, it's like, I think it's close to 100. It might be over 100. But he has drawn, like, if you count Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, and Guy Gardner, and I absolutely count Guy Gardner, because, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah, he's drawn the most issues of Green Lantern, um, which is really cool. That's really, really cool. He's also um, drawn the most issues of Scooby-Doo. (laughs) <laughs> so he you know he was joking around about that but uh that was really neat um i did get one other um one other sketch on my supergirl jam from uh what's that guy alex robinson no not alex the guy that wrote uh too cool to be forgotten that's alex robinson that is alex robinson okay yeah so i you know, um, during lunchtime, I ran back in. I got the, uh, I got it back from Jamie Fay, who did a fantastic Supergirl. And uh, I said, you know, I don't know when I'm going to see Alex Robinson again. And I saw some of the art that he had on his table. Um, he had actually done a, a Supergirl. It was really cool. I've seen like his covers and uh, some a little bit of uh, box office poison. So. You know, he's got an interesting style, you know, for female. So I'm like, this will be great. You know, I'll get him to do one of my Supergirls. And then I, you know, I, I drop it off with his wife. And I'm like, you know, you know, it's basically, it's self-explanatory. You know, the artist does a Supergirl in their style. You know, it's the, the take on the Adam Hughes cover of uh, Legion, blah, blah, blah. Look it up. <laughs> so, 
yeah, she's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll love doing this. And then I run back for lunch, and after lunch I come back to pick it up, and like he he shows it to me, and it's like, wait, what? He basically drew Supergirl like if she was Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. You you say that weirdly, but it looked awesome. (laughs) That, that, no. (laughs) No? No, 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 no. No, I was not happy with that. Lauren was very not happy with that. But she didn't want to say anything so that she would be labeled, you know, that girl by all the uh, the geeks in there. Um, But no, I'm, I think I'm actually gonna, gonna write them and, you know, just, just tell them that, you know, it's like everybody else that, you know, works on that does something really, you know, beautiful and pretty. Um, and he just kind of like treated it like a joke and that's Mm -hmm. not really cool to me. Mm -hmm. So, Look, I mean, I, I when he's when he's doing stuff seriously, the, his art is really good, um, and like you know, from from what I hear, that too cool to be forgotten, you know, is really you know a good good story to read. It is. If you liked back in the day, you'll like this. Yeah, and honestly, you know what? If if he had done the Supergirl, you know, in like an attractive fashion, I would have bought it. But, you know, he treated it like a joke, so no thanks. Mm. So, that was Wild Pig. Yeah. Would you go back? <laughs> um, I, I don't really have much of a need to go back. Um. You know, you know, honestly, it would just depend on the guests. Yeah. I, I'm at that point now. If the guest, if they have like a guest that I really want to get art from or really want to talk to or meet or something like that, then I'll consider it. But, you know, like the community, the sense of community was not there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not going for the community. Um, and I mean, honestly, I could just meet up with you in the city. Yeah. So <laughs> that's... And we could probably meet up with some of our listeners in the city, in the, you know, too. So that we probably have more of a sense of community if we did that. Yeah, I mean, me, I, yeah, I'll probably go back. I, I'll, it's, it'll probably, I'll probably do the same thing I'm, I've done with New York, where like I didn't like it once, so I'll skip like one or two and then go back to it again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if, like I said, if there's a a specific artist that I am dying to get art from. Like, there was that one year that Dave Willis was there. Um, he's the artist on Short Pact. Mm. I, like, I really wish I could get some art by him. I'd love to get him on one of my jam pieces. Um, I love Short Pact. But, uh, yeah, it would have to be, like, a big name that I, you know, just can't find anywhere else to get me to go there. So it's, it's, it's a shame because I was really, you know, I was hoping for, I don't know, I guess more. I, and you're, you're right because it's like, it's, it's partially 
our fault, but it's more so their fault because they're the ones that build it as, you know, this year's super show. Yeah, I think if it was like if it was any other wild pig, it the experience would have been different. Yeah. For you. For both of us. Well, I know for a fact the experience is different. <laughs> Well, but, like, you you would have had a different experience. Originally, they weren't going to be on Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, no, I mean, like, once the, um... Like, they hadn't picked their their uh, dates yeah. for this time of year yet, and then Super Show canceled. So they're like, you know what, let's just let's go there. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. So... Okay, now that we've depressed all of our listeners completely. God. Yeah, you have anything else? (laughs) Everybody, put down the rifle. Don't worry. It it gets better. You know, the saving grace of that night was I went to see the Avengers movie, and I can't even talk about it. They can't even give our listeners the same uplifting experience that it gave me. Yeah, that's right. You can't. You're a jerk. such a good movie yeah did you buy any comics uh yeah actually i got um i got the uh that young avengers story the children's crusade okay because i i read the first young avengers trade and really liked it and i've just been kind of i keep forgetting that there's a second one between these (laughs) so i've just been waiting for this one to come out collected because this is that one that they were putting out bi-monthly and even though it's only like six or seven issues it took like over a year so i'm like yeah i'm, I'm just gonna wait for this and then it came out just in time for wild pig so i'm like oh, okay cool there it is nice i got that i got you know they had that um that five dollar trade section did you see that where it was um just these like long boxes filled with like random trades and OGNs and manga and stuff that all for five bucks. Okay. And I found like two volumes in here. Like one is this book by uh comes out of Oni Press called uh The Magic Pickle. And it's like a pickle that's a superhero. Okay. It's really weird. I've been re- I think I had an issue of this at one point, but I don't know if I ever read it, but it's it's just this bizarre anthropomorphized alien pickle that goes around being a superhero. It's weird. And uh, the other one, I thought this was I haven't like I haven't read any of these yet, but uh, you know, twenty four hour comic day. Yes. That's where like any cartoonist who feels like it basically stays up for as close to twenty four hours as possible and just tries to complete. A full comic mm-hmm. in that time. Yeah. And I found, like, it's like an inch... Th- it's, like, about digest size, but an inch thick that just collects the 24-hour comic day outings by a whole mess of people. And it's called a 24-hour comics day highlights 2004. And it's just... There's hundreds of comics in this thing. Really? Yeah, it's like, it's like a look. It is. Let me see. 
496. Oh, man. It's like a little indie comics anthology phone book. Huh. I'm like, huh, that's a... Like, I don't know if that happens every year or if different people publish something like this every year, but I'm like, oh, that is a really cool idea. And for five bucks, yes, yes, I will take that. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Like, that's the kind of thing, like, I could bring to work with me and read, like, on a break kind of thing. But, but yeah, that, and I, and I picked up, like, a bunch of, like, random free comic book day books, because I had no memory of what I pre-ordered through DCBS, other than the, Ar- the, uh, Archaea book. <laughs> Good for you. I should, I may just do a review of that on the show just to, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Did you read the DC Free Comic Book Day issue? Yes, I did. Yes, now... Shall we talk about it with full spoilers? Let's. Okay, so, FYI, everybody. Full spoilers. Although, I mean, honestly... <laughs> okay. Yes. I mean, with the Green Lantern side of things... All they really did was confirm that that guy from the spread is a new character. Because yeah. they had, like, Superman refer to him as new guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Batman said, you're no Hal Jordan. Yeah. Which is ironic for Batman to say. But... Yeah. Well, they have a complicated relationship. So, uh... Oh, okay. The New 52... Uh, I guess we'll do a synopsis and a review? Sure. Okay. So, it starts out... Um, and I, this is drawn by a few different people, correct? Yeah. I yeah, believe definitely. so. Yeah, the credits are Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, Evan Hayes, Gene Ha, Kenneth Rockerford, Scott Williams, and Joe Prado. And it starts out with the Yvonne Hayes artwork? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely Yvonne Hayes. Absolutely. Um... So you have, like, this council of wizards, and they all have the Shazam lightning bolt on them somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. They all have the the Shazam lightning bolt, so it's some kind of, like, Shazam council of wizards. And uh, they're judging the, uh, the, these three, uh, they call them the Trinity of Sin, um... They refer to them as the greatest transgressors mankind has ever known. It's uh, one woman and two guys. So the first guy, um, they uh, are condemning for his uh, his uh, horrible greed, and he's begging for forgiveness. And the lead wizard throws 30 pieces of silver at him. Uh, it blinds his eyes, turns his hair white, and then the silver bonds itself together as a necklace, uh, and he's forced to walk the earth as a stranger um, to witness what greed can do. Um, Basically, this is the creation of the Phantom Stranger. We have the origin of the Phantom Stranger in this comic right here. Do we know if Chad read this? I have no idea. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, he's going to get spoiled for it now. Oh, no! Um... Well, that's if he listens. He doesn't have to listen, because he hasn't read it yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, obviously, this is Judas. 
Judas is the uh, Phantom Stranger. Next, they go to uh, this very angry person with cuts and scrapes. Um, you will fear my name as the world does, and they're like, oh, wait, no, you're going to forget your name, and everybody else is too. And they seal his mouth and then wipe away his face um, and send him off. So he's the question. Um, in the new DCU, he is the question. As far as who he was, I mean, I'm guessing that it's Cain. Oh, the biblical Cain. Well, that well, maybe depending because they were depicting Cain as Vandal Savage before the relaunch. I don't know if they they're changing that or not. Well, didn't he pass the the mark of Cain on to someone else though? He passed it to Renee Montoya. So the other question. Uh, okay. Well, whatever. I don't know. I mean, they're leave. I think they're leaving him. They're leaving his original identity ambiguous on purpose. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's it's Kane, but the only the only thing that would imply that it might not be Kane is that uh, he makes a point of saying that you know if you don't kill him, he will rise to power again, which would you know imply that he's risen to power at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at what point did Kane rise to power? It's probably not Kane. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, so here's the question, and then the fourth one, or the third one, is Pandora, who opened Pandora's box, um, and is the mysterious purple hooded lady from Flashpoint's ending and throughout all the New Fifty Two number ones. Yep. So then she goes to the place, well then we, we click over to Detroit, Michigan, where um, I guess this is where the they created Cyborg. Yep. The black room. The red room. The red room. Next to them, next to the, the red room, okay. Well, before that, in the red room, they have a signal from another universe, um, and it looks like uh, we're getting images from the Earth 2 comic. Yep. Um, you have the the JLA, an image of the JLA fighting, which is directly out of the Earth 2 book. And then you have uh, what appears to be Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and then uh, Jay Garrick, Flash. Um, oh, what is this other thing with Steve, uh, Steve Trevor? This is something that's kind of setting up because, like, again, this is the, oh, the this is... free comic book day for the entire DC universe. So this page is, these two pages is setting up Justice League. Because that book, like, I don't know, I you haven't been keeping up with that book. But they've been telling issues from his perspective. Okay. Where we see, like, because he's part of, like, this government UN response team that's designed to, like, to support and help the, the League. And... Part of him kind of resents being seen as kind of kind of small potatoes next to the league, even though he still like he believes in what they do and their ability to do it. And like this, this is basically setting up like the next story arc they're going to be doing in that series. Um, so this is all taking place right by the Red Room, I think. Um, yeah, 
Oh, the black room. This is right by the black yeah. room. Yeah, oh. yeah. The red room is where they keep all of the the super secret slash alien technology. Huh. Uh, the black room is where they keep all of the magical stuff. Is there another room anywhere? There, uh, they mention one that we haven't seen before. Where is it? The yellow room. No. Um. Oh, the circus. Which I'm assuming has like lots of freakish mutant and mythological creatures in it, but that's the first time it's ever been mentioned. Okay. Um, and uh, the one thing that is cool is that the uh, the book that Steve Trevor pulls out is uh, it's like a redo version of the original Justice League cover. Yeah, with Starro. It's by like the end of um of the first story arc in Justice League is a dude writing that book. <laughs> and like the guy who wrote it is supposed to come into the next Justice League story arc in a big way. Okay. So uh somebody's inside the black room, it's Pandora, she's stealing Pandora's box. We get this uh, awesome spread at the top with a whole bunch of mysterious artifacts which we'll go into in a second. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Pandora, she opens up the box, she pulls out this skull, which is like a golden skull with three eyes, each of them with a red gem in the center. Um, and uh, she activates it. She activates the skull from Pandora's box. This time she knows what she's doing. And then we flash over to Batman fighting... Green Lantern. It's this new Green Lantern that we we don't know. Uh, definitely a darker complexion, but um, don't actually know skin tone because of shading and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this is giant uh, four page spread with oh man, you got Black Adam, Dead Man, Flash, Vibe, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Flash again. <laughs> Mera, Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, is it Element Woman? Yes. Uh, Flash again in the background, because he's running around. <laughs> Cyborg, Hawkman, uh, this new Green Lantern, uh, the Atom, Green Arrow, and Batman. And Batman actually has the Pandora skull in, uh, in like a, I don't know, like a leather strap attached to his side. Don't forget Flash. Well, he's not at the end again. Well, he's half this crowd shot. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all fighting each other randomly. Yes. Yes, and this is... It's interesting, because this um, Trinity War, which is the name of the story, I don't think this is supposed to even happen until, like, like next year sometime. Possibly summer of next year. So it's so it's interesting that we're getting it set up now. Now, I agree. Yeah, it seems it's kind of aggravating because that's that's a really long time. <laughs> I mean, like I'm just assuming it'll be like summer of next year, but it might not be. Like, yeah. So that room. Yes. The Magical Mystery Tour. 
Yes. Uh, over on uh, Bleeding Cool, they did a breakdown. Now, I was able to recognize some of them, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't recognize as much stuff as I would have liked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I picked I picked out the Haunted Tang. Yeah. And I know what that bell is vaguely, and I, I recognized Etrigan's armor from Demon Knights. Yeah, I don't read that, so... Um, yeah, I, I the, the first thing that I noticed actually was the Red Lantern power battery. Yeah, that was a nice, and they they really tucked it away back there too. Um, then you got some kind of like like three balls. It almost looks like a variation on the uh, like the city of Candor. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Um, oh, I think that. Is that the Psycho Pirate's mask to the right yes, of it? Yes, that's the Medusa mask right next to it. Sweet. You have a giant Roman penny above, um, which they're wondering if that's like a, a Roman Batman version of the penny. Well, he did jump around time for a while, so why not? That's it. They have the Viking Prince's longboat above the uh, the tank. Hmm. Um, the, the bell is the green bell of Uthul. Uh, it controls one of the Demons 3. Hmm. Um, let's see. The Chandelier is... Um, it's from the Sedlec Ossuary, the Church of Bone. The markings around the door are a variation of components of the Great Seal. Um the hell is the Great Seal? Uh, I, I don't know, actually. That I don't know. Uh, some of the other ones that you know they they list are the giant dragon um, skeleton mm-hmm. is a, a demon knight's dragon. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, I guess that happens in demon knights. Yes. Yeah, whatever. Uh, terracotta soldiers underneath the dragon. The thing under the cloth they are calling Eclipso's Black Diamond. Oh, okay. Um, I can see that. So I was looking at that, but I'm like, I don't know what that is. I kind of see some of the bottom, I guess, but I don't know what it is. I mean, it's difficult to judge the size on that particular piece. I always thought Eclipso's Diamond was much smaller. Yeah, but then they had, like, they introduced this idea that it was larger and there was... It bro- was broken up into smaller pieces okay. and scattered around. Um, uh, then uh, next to that, you have the Spear of Destiny. What? Where? Okay. Uh, it's like oh, it almost looks like a file cabinet. Okay. It's directly oh. to the left of the uh, the diamond. Okay. The top one is the Spear of Destiny. Under that, it's like some kind of like horn or something. Yeah. Uh, and then above that is the, uh, it's, uh, chair? Yeah, the chair, <laughs> they say, is the coronation chair from Westminster Abbey with the stone. All right. Stone. I'm not really too up on that one. Um, and I think that thing next to the chair, that yellowish snake thing is some kind of, uh, Aztec deal. Hmm. Um, the painting... Underneath, like half under the uh, the cloak, is the the fallen Madonna. 
I think people are reaching with this. <laughs> and they're calling one of the crates the Ark of the Covenant, although that one I I think is kind of reaching, because yeah. how would you know? I mean, it would be great for it to be there, but... Yeah. I mean, unless it's like... Because they, they give like an inventory number on the crate that has Pandora's box on top of it. So maybe that matches up to the movie or something, but I don't know. And they did say, like, um, the Orb of Ra used to be in here, and that's the thing that will eventually give Element Woman her powers, I assume. <laughs> and actually created a bad guy in the last, in a Justice League number seven, I believe it was. I don't think. Seven or eight. I didn't read eight, so seven. Or did I read eight? No, yeah, seven. Seven. Okay. So, yep. So that's it. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. What do you think about the whole yellow three-eyed skull thing and the fact that Pandora seems to be referring to it itself as the box? Um, yeah, probably. Like, when they, they do the flashback to when she's opening the box uh, at the, the Council of Shazam, um, yeah. you have her and she's just holding the, the skull. Hmm. Um, I guess the question is, whose skull is it? Or who created it? does kind of look like it would be the skull of something weird and alien. Yeah. I mean, look, you you introduce a three-eyed... Anything with three eyes in the DC Universe, the mind goes right to Despero. Oh, but, yeah. But, well, I mean, hell, they're going to make the question a magical character. Anything's possible. Yeah. But, I don't know. Uh, they also paint Pandora as being kind of innocent too, because like she says to the council, like I just I I don't know what I did, what I do wrong. Um, where is she? Because it looks like she's in something where it says King City. King City. Yeah, she's in King City. When? Oh, uh, <laughs> just after she grabs the Pandora's box. Okay, blah blah. She grabs the box, she escapes, she... Oh, the graffiti on the wall? Yeah, it's it says King City. It says it, like, a couple of places. Oh. Um, there's a Psychic Readings, Noir, um... Attorneys at Law... Yeah, I don't know where King City is. Churchill and Marion, Attorneys at Law. Something grill, twenty-four hour grill. Yeah, yeah. I don't, like that just might be graffiti, or it could be. <laughs> I don't know. Are you reading any of the magic books? Uh. Oh my God. No. What? I just realized. What? The top of the page. Okay. The page where the skull is like lighting up with the eyes red. Yes. Okay top of that on the right 
<clears throat> like just above oh, the building. Jesus you Christ. see that? Yes. Wow. It's a face in the clouds, and it's crying a tear, a, a lightning bolt teardrop. Wow. That is awesome. Oh my god. You can kind of see it starting to form in like that yeah, middle yeah, yeah. panel. Man. Nice. All right, I'm taking that as being Shazam. Because in, um, in Justice League, in the, the second part of that backup story, giving the uh, introduction of Captain Marvel or whatever, yeah. uh, they pull that same trick where Billy Batson's looking out his window and he sees a face in the clouds for a second. Hmm. I did not see that yet. And I still caught that. That's awesome. It is awesome. Pandora is an interesting character now because they're like, did uh, did you? No, I don't remember. I think we talked about it, but did you read the um that scene at the end of that uh, Justice League Six with her? Yes. Okay, because like she, like she's basically she's trying to I guess break like for, between Flashpoint and that and this. I'm getting the impression that she feels like she okay, she accidentally caused something to happen. And she's been living with her punishment, and now she's decided that, you know what, screw this. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to get myself out of it. And she, like, sparked this change to the DC Universe in an attempt to kind of to, to work towards those ends. Mm-hmm. And now she's... T- stolen the box back to to try and push it to the next level. Right. Or the next step. Yeah, yeah, I see that. That that, that I, I would take that in the same way. Yeah. Um, did you read any, like, then after that, after that story, they have, uh, like, two pages from each of the new things coming out? I didn't. Like, I mean, I skipped... I skipped... Earth 2 and World's Finest, because I know I'm getting both issues of those. Um, I wasn't interested in G.I. Combat. I mean, I've read... The G.I. Combat is just a page. It's it's basically just a picture of a pterodactyl and a helicopter. Is that G.I.? Well, what's what's the last page then? I thought that was G.I. Combat. They do more with G.I. Combat? Yeah, oh, They give you one page later on. Yeah. Um, actually, it's weird. I, I guess I read the Ravengers one, because it's just a two-page spread of a title scene. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, looks nice. It does look nice. And... Is there any others in there? Oh, I actually, I completely forgot about Dial H, which I like how creepy it looks. Yeah, you know, I was, I was flipping through the actual, the first issue. Mm. Um... And, I don't know, I I was actually, like, I was hoping to really like it, because I liked the last Dial Age, or where it was called Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you call it, like, these, the, the, the things that he's coming out is, like, the first thing, and it's on this page, Boy Chimney. Yeah. It's, like, the way that he acts in the comic is, like, a 100% ripoff of The Mask. Hmm. So, I mean, like that—that that right there, that that pulled me out of it instantly. 
No. So if I hated the mask, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I don't, well, I mean, even if you like the mask, I, I don't know. Oh, and I did read Batman Incorporated. Okay. I just like seeing Damien be awesome. Good for you. <laughs> Check and see if uh, if anybody ended up bidding on that Alan Scott artwork. Hmm. You know, one of these wizards at the front has the Flash's logo on him. Uh, all the way to the right behind the fire bear guy. <laughs> well, no, that's that's the Shazam logo. Yeah, it's in a white circle. And it's red. Um, I mean, um, what, yeah, they, they probably are like analogs for the Justice League. Yeah, and I'm wondering, since there's seven of them is this going to be like are they going to be what ended up getting sealed up in the rock of eternity as like the seven deadly sins or whatever Mm. um or well there's there's seven of them there's only six letters in shazam so, yeah, like I'm, I'm taking it as the, the wizard is not one of these guys, like he's the one that came after them or something. Hmm. I don't know. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm curious. Hmm. I'm, in, I'm wondering what, like I'm wondering who that new Green Lantern is. If he, I'm assuming he's human, and I'm wondering what. I'm especially right now wondering what has him on the Justice League instead of Hal Jordan, because I, I guess again, you haven't read it, but in Justice League number eight. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, eight is the most recent one. They like I won't go into it, but they make a point of saying like. Like, in in the five years since the team's creation, they've kept their membership limited to that group. And they've done so for a reason. And I don't want to tell you what that is, <laughs> because I turned the page and was like, whoa. <laughs> so, so the fact that they have a different Green Lantern is surprising, especially right after reading that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of pre-comic book day, before I forget again, okay. did you end up getting the Action Lab thing? Yes. Awesome. I didn't read it yet, but I definitely... I like. I actually got that... Um, what was it? I had the night before we left. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was up, uh, it was up a little early. Is it still up? Do you know? I don't know actually. Because uh... I I asked, like I I emailed or Facebook Sean Pryor, but I didn't hear back from him yet. And 
don't see it yet. Wait. No, it's still there. Nice. Action Lab Confidential Digital Download. Still available for free. 200 pages. Yes. Is it is it just on their website or where are you looking? Uh, well, I think I think it's at a few places online, but you can just go to their website and download it, which is what I would nice. suggest. Yes, well, and it's actionlabcomics.com. Yes. Yeah, and it's got samples of Princeless, Double Jumpers, Jetta, Tales of the Toshigawa, Fracture, Glob World, Snowed in, Back in the Day, Monsters Are Just Like Us. XO One and the Rock Solid Steelbots, Space Time Condo, and Jack Hammer. Yes, if you want good indie comics from people who really, honest to God, care about it and love it, go try out their sampler. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Let's see what else we have. I just wanted to throw in here. The April top 100 sales numbers. Uh, you know, number one was AVX, but um, Green Lantern is continues to be number five. Uh, New Guardians is 28. Green Lantern Core is 35, and Red Lanterns is 50. Huh. Also of note, Batman is number two. And Aquaman is sixteen. <laughs> I am, I am super interested in tracking Aquaman's progress. I, I think Aquaman's going to be going down in uh, popularity. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Aquaman. Sta- I think it stayed. Aquaman stayed in the top ten for a good few months. Like it, it took Avengers versus Aquaman. Uh, Avengers versus Aquaman. It took Avengers versus X-Men to knock Aquaman out of the top 10 spot. That, like that I think is just is just as big an achievement as Aquaman outselling the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I just like the this this current storyline is just like not doing anything for me and I imagine that I'm probably not alone on that one. Yes, well, you're alone on this show, because I love it still. Well, good for you. Yes. Okay. Are you surprised at all that Red Lanterns is at number 50? Um, I guess a little. I mean, not so much that I'm surprised that Um, okay, well, what I've heard is that Red Lanterns was a good seller. Like, that's what some of the people at the comic book stores were saying. Like, Red Lanterns was, like, you know, constantly selling out at one of the crappier stores. And Mm -hmm. they were actually ordering a few extra copies. Not not enough, but (laughs) a couple extra. And they always sell through them. You know, and they said, it's like, oh, yeah, that Red Lanterns, that one's always selling out. Which I think is hysterical because if you have to say that about a comic book, if you're saying if you're a comic book store and you're saying that Red Lanterns is always selling out, buy more. Yeah. I mean, I don't own a comic book store, and I know that. Buy more. It's plain simple logic. But uh, 
It's like you were doing a piss poor job at guessing what what you needed to order. But um, yeah, to to realize that that one's number fifty, and I mean, which one did what did you say Green, Green Lantern was at like number nine or seven? Green Lantern is five. Five. Yeah, I mean, it, it was seven for a month back there, but it's been pretty stable at five. Yeah, I, I could see that one being number five because it's 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 good. It's really good, and it's 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 getting much better now with the Indigo Lanterns. Um, uh, now, I mean, for me personally, like I can understand why New Guardians is doing better than the other two, but. I don't know. I mean, it, it's weird because they're doing well on the overall charts. I mean, you know, with the lowest Green Lantern book being number 50. Yeah. That's still pretty high. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. Like, I expected Green Lantern Corps to be doing better than New Guardians. It's because Green Lantern Corps has, like, it's, it like, Green Lantern Corps has been running as long as, Jeff John's Green Lantern has like except like maybe five months shy of it so like you want to know like right which two Green Lantern books are absolutely going to be here a year a year and a half from now it's those two so like I would expect people to make Green Lantern Corps their second choice over New Guardians Uh, yeah but I mean the Green the New Guardians story has been a lot of fun um and I, the the big difference is that you know New Guardians is a whole bunch of fun. It's this crazy you know out there plot. Uh, you have uh, you know the bad guy is, shows up in a, a solar system you know vehicle. Um, you have a member from every core, so you got like you know you got the colors, all the colors representing. Yeah, that might be it actually. That's that's a big part of it. And with uh, with Green Lantern Core. It's been good. It's been very good, but you know, like they've been going on with this like war with the the keepers, and then you know the the murder, and then the aftermath, and it's just like you know, I think a lot of people are happier with the lighter side, you know, sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, like uh, the one thing people kept saying for the longest time is we want a book that has all of the different color cores in it, and that's what New Guardians is. Yeah. So, like, I think it's getting, like, a big... It's getting a lot of help from that. I think that... But I think, realistically, there will come a time where New Guardians gets folded back into Green Lantern Corps. Or dispersed between Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Uh... I don't necessarily think so. Or it'll get renamed or something. Like, Like, if you ask me right now, will there be a book titled New Guardians... Like, two years from now, I would say most likely not. Well, but yeah, two years... In two years, anything can happen. Like, in two years, Green, Lan- Green Lantern uh, Corps could get fired, you know, could be, you know, killed because, you know... Actually, that that's probably the, the most likely way that the New Guardians book would get cancelled if the, New Gar- the Green Lantern Corps book starts faltering... And they want to bolster it up, so they fold them back, you know, back in, so that it does have the colors in there too. Um, mm. I, like, the way that they're going right now, like, 
New Guardians is like it's it's a superhero book and it's fun and you know it's it's a superhero book done right you know like there is some there's some intelligent you know concepts going around and some wacky zaniness from like you know like a, a an awesome like homage to silver age kind of stuff um there's a there's a lot of fun stuff going on in that book and you get all the different colored cores which as we keep seeing you know from you know here there and everywhere they they seem to want to like you know get rid of the colored cores and yet they're justifying why they're in this book yeah you know so like it, it could come down to like this being the only game in town if you want you know alternate <clears throat> color cores yeah, but I mean, like, 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 looking at these, like, like, Green Lanterns is in number five. It's like the highest selling out of all four of these. My personal opinion, Green Lantern is not the best quality book out of these, out of this list. But it sells the most because the perception, and I guess the reality is that it's the main book. So anybody who's going to go, well, I want to read Green Lantern, but I want to read a stack of it. I'm going to pick one. They're going to pick what they perceive as the main book. Right. So the Hal Jordan and Hal Jordan's looked at as the main character of the Green Lantern universe. So they pick up the Hal Jordan book that's just called Green Lantern. Right. So it makes sense that's the one that's that's in the lead. And likewise, like it also makes sense. Like it, we've already <laughs> discussed how each book, you know, brings something different to the table, and. I think, and it it makes perfect sense to me that if you go for Green Lantern, you know, as your first pick, then, you know, your second pick, you want something that's going to be fun, you know, and I think a lot, you know, the numbers show that that people are choosing fun and, you know, multiple cores over the, you know, the the military, you know, warlike, you know, Green Lantern core story. Yeah, but like, I'm like, yep, Like, Green Lantern Corps is time-tested. Like, it's going to... Like, I don't think Green Lantern Corps is in any way, shape, or form in trouble. You know? At, at, whereas I think, like, yeah, New Guardians has a lot going for it right now, but is that sustainable going forward? I don't know. I think it'll definitely have a good rest of its first year. I can see it definitely going maybe another year. But, like, I'm... Ex- I, like eventually the Green Lantern line will most likely collapse back down again. And I'm expecting Red Lanterns and New Guardians to be the two that go. Uh, Red, Lan- okay, Red Lanterns I can absolutely see going because like right now it's kind of a mess. Um, it, the Everything going on, you know, on your smalt with all the Red Lanterns, like basically the only thing that they have going for them right now is the Earth Lantern. That's, you know, that's the one thing worth reading about, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know if he's going to be able to support the book himself. Actually, if they get rid of everything else and just have him, <laughs> he may support the book better than what it is now. Yeah. I mean, Bleeds is good, but that's... It's, it, everything good about that book it is like a month-by-month month change. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm... I'm I'm not digging the direction there, but 
with uh, whereas with New Guardians. Now here here's why I think New Guardians has staying power. Back when they started soliciting the you know the New Guardians books and as far as it was going to be this new character that they were bringing in, um, whose name escapes me at the moment, the Angel of Vega. Invictus. Invictus. When they started talking about Invictus, you know, they're talking about this, you know, immensely powerful, you know, creature who is going to, like, stop at nothing and he's going to be able to take out solar systems and blah, 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 blah. Like, when I first read that, like, when I was reading that that promo, it was just like, oh, God, you know, what's what's going on? You know, they're going to create some, some artificial threat and it's going to be stupid. And I was... 100% wrong, because what we ended up getting was a really cool, fun story. So, you know, like, I, I think I think Tony Bedard is, is absolutely in his element. I think there are a lot of people that want to read about Kyle Rayner, and there's a lot of other people that want to read about the different colored cores. I think New Guardians is, you know, I, I, think, I think it's it's got the potential to be around for for a while. Okay, I'm not disputing the quality of New Guardians. I really like that's probably my favorite of the books being published right now. But when you get right down to it, it's like which if they if DC had to cancel New Guardians or Green Lantern Corps, which are they going to keep? Are they going to keep the the brand new book that is a lot of fun that everybody seems to like, or are they going to keep the book that's been going strong and selling well for five straight years? Well, it's it's going to come down to sales, really. I mean, if New Guardians maintains where you know its position, and Green Lantern Core, you know, is continuously dipping, then like they would be stupid to. To merge the two, it's like you have one, you know, you have something that's floating and you have something that's sinking. Like, why would you attach the sinking one, you know, to the the one that's actually doing well? Yes, yeah, okay, we, we, it has. Yeah, okay, so it has the you know the the time tested, you know, appeal. But the fact of the matter is, like, it's not doing that well for them to cancel it to even consider canceling it. Yeah, it, would it be doing better if you didn't have? have uh, this other book taking potential readership away from it. Because like, like, like I said, like we are the, like we're the guys that buy everything Green Lantern. We are not a representative of everybody reading these comics. I, well, like realistically, if it's going to come to a point where they're going to have to, you know, say, oh, maybe we need to, you know, kill one of these titles, then rather do that, they would probably just do exactly what they're planning on doing anyway and have a crossover amongst all the books to to revitalize, you know, and bring in more more readers to that specific book. Hmm. You know, that's, that's what they're going to do, and that's probably what they're going to keep doing. Like every, you know, year, year and a half, whatever – They'll probably have some kind of, you know, lantern crossover, so that you're going to have to buy all the books, and you know that's going to give people exposure, 
that might not have otherwise picked it up. Yeah. You mark my words, the day will come where we'll be back down to Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. I hope that doesn't come. It will. I mean, look, it, it, if nothing else, Green Lantern Corps has the name recognition that New Guardians doesn't. Hell, New Guardians didn't even start out. Like, New Guardians is one of those names where you can tell they pulled it out and dusted it off because they were probably going to lose the copyright on it. Because, like, that didn't even, like, that didn't even start out as a Green Lantern series. You know, like, that was, that was something that was, like, tangentially related to Green Lantern, kind of. And then they, they, like, recycled the name for a fourth Green Lantern book. I mean, like I said, I, I I'm confident in its, in its ability. Um, I, I think I think it can do well. Oh yeah, me too. Just you know, but I think it is fantastic. We've had this many series for this long, and hopefully it'll last as long as it can. But well, you know, eventually, eventually the dominoes are going to start to fall. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like you know the whole Red Lantern thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just wish it would, you know, be good. I, oh, yeah, me too, me too. I wish Red Lanterns would prove me wrong and be the best out of the four. <laughs> that would be great. But I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Voicemail. You know, nobody's leaving us any voicemails. Was it something you did? I guess. Leave us voicemails, people, please. We're begging. Yes, Jim's begging. Yeah, Jim is begging. <laughs> 708-Lantern. Um, it's pretty easy to remember. 708-Lantern. Program it into your phone, so that way the next time you're on your 15-minute break at work, you can call us doesn't really matter what you call us about, really. We just we just want to hear from you. We're so lonely. Yes. And hey, you know, we talked a lot about convention experience tonight. So, like, you know, if if you have, like, a really memorable con experience, it doesn't have to be negative. It can be, like, the best con experience you've ever had. They'll you know, call in and tell us about it. We'd like to hear that. But if you... Something, if, something uplifting to kind of take us out of this funk. But... If you want to tell us about a horrible con experience, <laughs> oh, I would love to hear that. <laughs> you know, the exact opposite of what Dan just said. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so go to lanterncast.com and see all of our information and our forums and lanterncast.gmail.com is our email. That too. And we're on Facebook and Twitter and etc. Yes, don't forget the etc. Yes. Okay. Right. Good night. Good night, everybody.